Welcome to Disciplinary Literacy in the 21st Century. I am your host, Everton Blackwood. Um, and on today's podcast, we're going to talk about two presentations that I heard that I hope inspire you. Uh, one being Billy's on language discrimination and Collins on code switching. Uh, we'll begin with Billy's presentation on language discrimination. Before we get to his actual presentation, I had the chance to look through his uh, work outside resources, and one of the uh, pages that he actually used was a site called workplacefairness.org. The actual site is a great site. It's pretty much a legal page on exactly what is language discrimination in different scenarios. So it begins by describing what is language discrimination, which is the unfair treatment of an individual solely because of their natal language or other characteristics of speech, such as accent, size, a vocabulary, and syntax. From there, it just goes down through different scenarios. This, the second uh, point being exactly is language discrimination illegal and where is the protection for it? That being Title Seven of the Civil Rights Act of 1964. It was very interesting to me because I'm a big civil rights person and I kind of just overlooked this whenever I looked at the actual Civil Rights Acts. So, very interesting. Uh, Billy's actual presentation was wonderful because of the fact that he kind of starts off by putting us in the mindset of asking us what is actual language discrimination. From there, we go into little breakout rooms where we have peers and we can discuss if we actually ever experienced language discrimination and how that made us feel. I was actually able to share my own experience with that. And by doing so, it left me feeling a little bit more vulnerable, but also felt very empowering as well. From there, we kind of went through uh, this English bias that we have inside the U.S. And the issue with that, I found it very funny when he told us the little antidote that there's three, I think it was three states in Illinois being one where the official language was English, well, American. And from there, we uh, seen a video of the current president, Donald Trump, pretty much supporting language discrimination. We discussed as a group how that made us feel and how that created a rise in tension between those who, the two sides being those who, uh, those who felt like language discrimination was not that bad versus those who are one, the people being discriminated against and those who support the people being discriminated against. We ended the actual presentation with a call to action, which I think was wonderfully put, where we as teachers, what we can do to help challenge language discrimination. And he did a great job by saying that we should embrace language barriers and prioritize uh, English language learners and to make them feel like they're wanted because they are a part of our society and they should be accepted. And this made a big impact when I actually went to do my practicum because I had a few students who were uh, 
English language learners. And when we were doing our work, I would make sure to give them a little bit more attention. And as they were actually writing, I would encourage them to do their best with doing it in English. And if they found it too difficult, you can switch it over to Spanish because of the fact that for one, that's your native tongue and that's how you'll understand it better. Plus my little experience with uh, Spanish, I could see if the words actually made sense. And even if I couldn't read it myself, with the knowledge that I did have of Spanish, I did the job of actually doing the, doing the research and translation to make sure that the uh, main points of the lesson was brought across. So with Colin's lesson on code switching, I had already knew pretty much a good deal about code switching, but uh, one of his outside sources was an NPR podcast that described five reasons why we decided to code switch and it opened my eyes as the first thing that was mentioned being the fact that we kind of code switch automatically just to fit in with society and what we what society deems as normal. So we go through Colin's presentation where it's a similar format to Billy's where we have a definition. We have breakout groups to talk about code switching. We all have examples, some deeper than others, but from there we watch a couple of videos that explain code switching very well. And we go through we go through actual the presentation. Then we finish off with a kahoot and brainstorming on why it's important that we be able to code switch and why as educators might uh, cultural competency be important when teaching and working with students because of the fact that uh, I feel that the component of code switching kind of makes you lose essence of what you wanted to say because of the fact that you're trying to go put it in a vernacular that might not be the first thing that comes to mind. So you're trying to go find words that are similar to what you have in mind. And at times it doesn't come off to the point that you wanted it to. I myself am a big advocate that code switching needs to be stopped, but in a society where uh, those in power get to choose the norms, you have to be able to play by their role to survive. So I will probably not see the end of code switching in my time, but uh, just by asking these questions, we begin the path again of just trying to inform people of what code switching is and how as educators, you can try to spread this word so that the negativity of code switching ends. Those are two great presentations that stuck out from the rest because of the fact that it left a lasting impression on me. Uh, not saying that the others didn't, but these were ones that when I immediately went into my practicum, like it just decided to stay with me and influence how I actually taught. Um, so if you had the chance, I would definitely check out those presentations and recommend it to a friend or a family as such so that we can try to create the society that we want to see. Thank you.